Ladies and gentlemen, stand cheer for the Bulldog Fans Podcast. Here's your hosts, Matt and Scott, on their way down the tunnel at ANZ Stadium, on their way to the microphone. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up. Go up as one for Matt and Scott, the NRL Bulldogs Podcast. 12 NRL clubs have made their way to Southeast Queensland uh, with players and staff included. The sign of uh, the COVID numbers in Sydney have gone up and uh, they've made the NRL to make a quick call and move Sid- uh, all the Sydney clubs, New South Wales clubs, and as well as the ACT Canberra Raiders all the way up to Southeast Queensland. Well, I must say, thank God the NRL still going on because lockdown is boring without it. Hello and welcome to the Bulldogs Fans Podcast. I'm Scott and I'm joined by Matt. How you doing, mate? Uh, challenging your best Paul Kent there, I see. Oh, damn it. <laughs> the only thing worse than lockdown is lockdown without footy. So thank God the football is going ahead in southeast Queensland. Before we talk about games and stuff, I just want to make a special mention to all the players and staff and the family that's been impacted by this decision. It was quick. I think if you haven't seen the Sean, I think most of you would have seen the Sean Johnson interview when he pretty much found out after full time that they'll be off to Queensland mm. to do the bubble uh, and put, being put in hubs. Uh, Bulldogs have been Bulldogs have been sent to the Gold Coast, um, and you know with you know thinking about the family straight away and what does that mean for them and they have to isolate in a uh, separate place for two weeks in a different resort. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it's their job and they get paid a lot. Um, but you can understand those who are, you know, oh, still young very family. Yeah, yeah. And they've, you know, they've signed a contract to play for their club, meaning they'll live in that area, not be yeah. drafted or shipped away to a different city to base yeah. themselves. But for every single player, and another big shout out, I want to give another big shout out to the Warriors again for doing this again, again, if that makes sense. Uh, so thank you to all the players who have moved to keep the competition going because I tell you what, the lockdown sucks, but when you've got the footy on the weekend, you kind of forget it about it a little bit. Yeah, 100%. Thanks to all the players. Um, a lot of people um, will still re- keep get their release of footy on the weekend, which is great. Uh, good for the mental health of the nation. Um, and uh, it's good to see the competition going ahead uh, this weekend. Hopefully um, crowds are allowed in. There was some talk that they wouldn't be for the first couple of weeks, but hopefully they are. We get some good crowds in southeast Queensland heading into um, the final stretch. Yeah, of the com- well, usually right. after Origin, eh? The last that's game right. after Origin's the the finals run. And it just makes you think yet again how uh, what the Warriors have got have gone through to keep the competition alive for the last two years. So. Um, I think it's hard going for New South Wales to Queensland. Imagine what the Warriors had to go through. But, Scotty, last weekend, Bankwest mm. Stadium was the venue. It was shut again. Couldn't get in. Despite my best attempts, I still haven't made the 41-man list to go to southeast Queensland. Uh, the Dogs went down 22-16 to the Roosters in a gallant effort. Mm. Yeah, Bankwest. It was eerie, cold, wet. Uh, still strange not seeing fans, still strange not actually being there because we were actually making plans for this big stretch of games of our membership. Only a few weeks yeah. ago, if you listen to our podcast, that we're talking about, <laughs> hey, is this like six in a row or five in a row of games that we get to go yeah. to? And now uh, we're not going to another game this year. Mm, that's sad actually, reality. I didn't really think of that until you just hit me in the <laughs> face with that fact. But yeah, um, 
Yeah, 22-16. The Bulldogs went down, obviously, last week, 66-0, and they needed a, a response. They made a shot call, which uh, really stuffed up my edit I posted in the morning of Kyle Flanagan in the game day edit. It's <laughs> <laughs> got the old clubs. But uh, Lockie Lewis getting the phone call or the call up into the starting 17 straight to 5-8. Definitely, you know, was an interesting one because I didn't think Kyle Flanagan did anything really against Seagulls, never had a chance to do much mm. at all. So I thought it was a harsh one to drop someone who never had a chance. I almost felt like dropping someone that you only let, played five minutes off the interchange bench and blamed them for a loss. That's what it kind of felt like to me. But hey, looked like it worked. Oh, well, it was cool. a slow start again, wasn't it? Ten points to nil down to a Roosters team that was struggling themselves. Uh, and ultimately, that was the game done and dusted there. Mm, Dogs did the come start, back. Yeah. Dogs did come back, of course, to make it 16-10 at halftime and um, put us right in the game. But um, not much happened in the second half. We weren't given the opportunity to do much in the second half. You already touched on Lachlan Lewis. He probably played his best game in the NRL. Um Mm. Uh, still a lot to improve on, and interesting that uh, reports surfaced yet again that uh, he's on the outer of the club and won't be re-signed next year, so that makes the decision to bring him in over Flanagan all that more interesting. Um, it's obviously Wait. not a selection that I would agree with, but you'd have to say that he did have a pretty decent first half, um, scoring the first double for the Bulldogs since 2015. I read <laughs> in the week, so that's a. Can you tell us who was the last one? No, I don't know. I just read it. Um, it have to be a Morris. Read it on the Instagram page, um, but that's a long time without having a double, uh, even if the two tries were fluky. Oh, I could say the first one. I'd never seen him move that quickly in my life. <laughs> he just did a chip chase, and I was like, "Is this what the difference between Lock and Lewis playing five eight and a half back is?" The chip and go back Look, yourself. Credit where a credit's due. To have the the vision to see the fullback uh, Joseph Manu right in front of him, right up in the line, and to then put a kick in behind the line, uh, run around, chase the ball, and score the try. Incredible vision. But he was one bounce away from it being angle over his face, wasn't it? It's tackle mm. one. Um, yeah. We were just starting to get some um, pressure on the Roosters' line. Um, it almost went dead. I don't think he wanted it to go that far. Um, no, I don't think the kick. As was far as it did, I think he wanted it to stop about four meters short from where it, where he ended up catching up to the ball and grounding the ball. So look, credit for the vision, credit for the the chip and chase. It's a play that I really like. Um, it's it's a vision play that I've been crying out for from our halves to do for a long time now. Uh, still playing planned football, let's say, or structured football. Um, and doing the plan regardless of what's happening in front of you. So credit for all that. I think the execution was slightly off, but good enough to get a try. Um, and credit to him for that. And then he was at right place, right time for the second try. Just popped out of the hands of Manu. Yeah. I think um, there's a few uh, Bulldogs players, uh, Bailey Bundy-Odui around there, as, as well as uh, Manu as well, sitting there thinking, gee, Lachlan, get out of the way. We could have scored our first try in NRL. If you got out of the <laughs> way, because they were both actually... Next to Lachlan Lewis when that popped out. But yes, you've got to be there. You know, sometimes you've got to be at the right spot at the right time. You know, you've got to be a part of the game for those opportunities to pop up for that second try. And, you know, yeah. he was there, which is a credit to him. Um, the, I think to go to your point that a lot of people, I've actually saw an Instagram post, I can't remember who was the post, but they said, this is what we're missing, Lachlan Lewis, because he's always been an eyes up football player. I think that is a, a very poor statement because the biggest <laughs> criticism of Lachlan Lewis was he was never eyes up. 
He was to the plan every time, mm. all the time. There was never really eyes up. And if he did anything outrageous, because I remember him doing a crossfield kick to Kieran Foran yeah. uh, a couple of years ago against Para, where Foran picked the ball up and scored like a little half-to-half kick. And we go, oh, that was a bit out there from local laws. And then it was found out they were playing that all week because they found a fullback, uh, Gufferson, out of spot. So he trialed yeah. a a kick with they practiced all week. Uh, so Lachlan's never been that, but it's good on him. Maybe it's number six on his back. Maybe that's where he, <laughs> where he plays a bit better. No, I'm just saying, number like, he doesn't Lewis. have... Oh, well, I wasn't thinking of Wally, actually, but yeah, good point. <laughs> but maybe it's number six, you know, you don't have that responsibility as much as getting the, you know, the, the plays in the right position, did, you know. He did wear jersey 19, though. We'll just say that. Oh, oh yes, he did. That's correct. <laughs> but, you know, playing in the 5-8 spot, maybe that might have, uh, you know... But I thought, you know, he played pretty good. I think his second half, um, he um, let in a line break. Mm. Um, but his second half, I think he went back to a bit more can uh, more of the Lachlan as we know, the straight up, straight down kicks or second half. Yeah, and I mean, you can say that was a bad second, or not a bad second half, but just a, a standard Lachlan second half. Or you can say the fact that we didn't get much of the ball, so he was not much he could actually yeah. do with that part from the... Standard up down kicks that with no variety in his kicking. That's the that's the other point is that dogs really didn't have a, a chance in the second half, never really getting to pressure the roosters. Um, but look, gallant effort. Like I said at the start of this conversation, for us to lose by six points to the roosters, you would have took that before kickoff. Again, Definitely. it's one of those games where um, you're expecting to be hammered. Uh, so oh, especially the ten nil nine minutes in, I think it was yeah. or eight minutes in. Absolutely. Expect, I think the uh, conditions probably played a part as well. The great leveller. It's pretty yeah. bad conditions at Bank West. Especially oh, you saw Joey Manu score his try. Oh, Was it Manu? He jumped into the, uh, the Olympic swimming pool. I thought we needed uh, lifesavers <laughs> out there like to get him out of there, to fish him out yeah. of the, the playing surface. Um, and then I guess the, the one talking point of the game, Scotty, that we haven't touched on is the way it ended. I suppose we have to speak about it. Okay, well, can I have my, do I have my opinions first and you want to go on it? Yeah, yeah, go. Okay, Sam Walker, I thought he played a really good game. And, you know, I think, oh, what a little shit. You know, <laughs> running around the, what, 18, 19-year-old, you know, talented player. We've seen how good he is. Yeah. Um, But running around like that to run back 90 metres. He could have ran towards the sideline and then booted the ball back you know, back into touch. He could have ran sideways and then tried to see if a Bulldogs player would try to entice out of the line to give him a hit. Or, you know, there's 20 seconds left. He could have went, slotted a field goal if he was confident. He has kicked a field goal from long range and against the Gold Coast Titans earlier this year, only a couple of weeks ago. He could have slotted the field goal and really, you know, had that seven-point win. Even if we got the kick off in time, we can't do much about it. There was different ways to ice. Or he could have just booted into touch in front and, you know, all the Bulldogs players offside have to rush themselves back and have one, maybe two plays left. Well, That's would have been way. rushing too far back from 20 metres out. Yeah. Oh, was it 20? Oh, yeah, it was only 20. Yeah. Nah, nah. But he could have uh, booted into touch. But him running back like that, yeah. I think he's against the, the spirit. I mean, I wouldn't like my Bulldogs players doing that. I would have hated it if we were in that same position and Jake Averillo just starts to go for a dart backwards. I would have thought at least running sideways, you know, you at least, you know, have enough to be tackled, you know, um, booting it to touch to waste time. 
or even just taking a hit up, getting a big forward to try to do a big hit up. And a lot of the then was the right way to finish the game. I think it's the right way to finish the game. I think Trent Robinson's face summed it up. Like after a win, after I think the Roosters would be pretty glad of that win. I mean, the Bulldogs came out fighting quite hard for the whole game and they didn't go away easily, even without touching the ball much in the second half. The Roosters really needed to win that one. The Bulldogs weren't giving them an inch. And Trent Robinson's watching that. And yes, he might have said in the press conference he saw nothing wrong with that. Um, Boyd Corner's face gives it away as well. Not happy. It's not the Roosters style. It's not a spirited style of rugby league. It's not the way you've been brought up to... Most people brought up to play a sport. You know? So I know there's tactics around slowing down the clock. But there's a right way yeah. of doing it. And there's a wrong way of doing it. And that's the complete wrong way of slowing I, down the clock. I think the... Um, yeah. Best way is summer it up. I think it was Peter Sterling said it was a smart play, but it was against the spirit of the game. Uh, I think that pretty much sums it up. I've seen some comparisons to Benji Marshall doing it and Josh Reynolds doing it uh, in previous years. I think Tony Iroh came out and said he did it in the Melbourne 90s as well. I haven't seen the footage of that one, but from all the other incidences of it happening, it's a player running 20 metres backwards uh, to kill five seconds off the clock. Uh, which they could have kicked it backwards if um, if they wanted to uh, with the, the time you're allowed to do a dropout or a player running sideways into 60 metres, um, or not 60, but 30 metres sideways uh, towards the sideline to slow the clock, uh, to tick the clock down. Um, I think it's very different than doing a 100-metre sprint in the wrong direction. Yeah. Uh, and then having to, once you got to your try line, take off up the field uh, to stop and come back down the field. Um North-South style, sideline to sideline, uh, just took the piss out of it. It wasn't a great look. It's not respectful to uh, the opposition or the game itself. Uh, he's a young guy, so you don't want to judge him off that, but I don't think we'll be seeing that again. It's not the Roosters' way. Yeah, but I also wanted to add, though, Lachlan Lewis chased him the whole way. Yeah, good on give, him. Yeah, which is good. I wouldn't have mind to see a couple of Bulldogs players chase in the mm. whole way. I know it. I mean, I know the game's lost and I can't blame them. They just put their, you know, you, the Bulldogs' effort in that game was outstanding. And to go down from 10 nil, they could have easily, you know, gone stuff it. We've already lost this game again. Could have really made it an ugly game. It could have really been like a 40 nil, 30 nil, something like that, you know, an ugly game after a 66 mm. nil game. And they didn't. They fought back. They tried their best. Um, bit of lucky plays, like you said, with Lock and tries some of them a little bit more lucky than others um but they just genuinely just they had to be there to get them you have to be there to get them and they put a lot yeah of and you you make your own luck um yeah and yeah credit to lewis chasing all the way um look if it keeps happening i'm sure a real change will come in really quickly mm. to stop that um but that's just another thing like we need to start calling voluntary tackles i know that's not a voluntary well, he didn't tackle. actually voluntary tackle, no yeah. yeah i know but that's i'm just saying we, if we start pinning voluntary tackles as a punishment mm. we can start talking about running backwards 90 meters is where a referee can almost put discretion and be like well, it's almost the same thing when you you know sur- like you know you draw tackles you're surrendering yourself and no one's around you to be tackled or you're just you're on the ground and you're not moving towards it's like not moving towards the try line mm. you're opposing trial running backwards same thing but yeah i wouldn't have minded if a, pl- a couple players chase even if you ran to the touchline just give them a bit of a push you know like you, you know your little butt like you know little shit um yes. 
But yeah, they they won. Um, they'll probably were going to win if he kicked into touch or took the tackle because they needed some sort of miracle. The Bulldogs and they tell you what, they weren't looking likely they're going to score a long range try at all that night. But well, you know, was, you would have. It was the closest we got to the try line. Yeah, that's <laughs> last ten seconds. Yeah. Um, but can, I actually want to bring up another point that from that night before kickoff, an hour before kickoff, Joe Stimson was named in the starting lineup. It was posted on all the social media channels, which, you know... Given to the broadcasters. A, given to the broadcasters, given to the NRL, given to this, and then they ran out with runoff of Tony. Mm. At, played lock and Jackson shifted to the second row. And now I noticed this. You'd think, you know, noticing runoff of Tony, a different number, you know, I think he was number 17 that night. Mm. Wearing number 17, you start to think, wait, where's... um? Who, then you start to realise, did he replace one of the starting front rowers because that's where he plays. I thought no, that five minutes into it. <laughs> I saw like a second, defensive effort. Oh, so you thought... You no, no, five minutes in, I saw a Tony and I was like, we've made a change. Who's already? Yeah, that's <laughs> it. I, opened, I literally opened the NRL app. I was watching live, obviously. And uh, the NRL app had him as a starter. And I was like, oh, I didn't see that. Um, and just moved on. I thought I must have misread the, the team lineup when they showed it on, on uh, Fox Sports. But... Um, no, I hadn't. And yeah, the dogs are going to now be facing a fine uh, for running out a different 13 than named. Look, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because it's a bad mistake. And we've talked about football, the football department's mistakes this year. That's, but, I was waiting for you to do this. This is why I brought this up. I know. This is the third time I think we've had to bring it up. And it's not something that we normally talk about, is it? Football department's no. performance, because you don't want to know about it. You just. Well, if it goes well, you don't notice. Um, it's like one of the... What the say, I know it's a referee. cricket saying. Oh, I was going to say a cricket saying. If you don't notice the wiki keeper, uh, they're, yeah. they're, they're doing a good job. That's Same the football's the a pump. Yeah, yeah that's, that's actually a good one. Would have been yeah. actually much more. Yeah, if you don't notice the referee, it's having a good game. Um, you've, you've interrupted my flow there, mate. <laughs> but um, look, it's, it's a mistake that happens, I wouldn't say regularly, but probably three or four times a year throughout the whole NRL. That's uh, but that's... it's a mistake that's um, that's silly, isn't it? Especially my thought about it was you're not going to um, and this is no disrespect to any player, but it's not like we had Sully Bill Williams on the bench and we're like we're going to play a trick on them. He's actually starting like a superstar player, like Stimson and Tony having one start over the other. You don't lose much or gain much. Either way, so why mm. did we do it? Like, mm. I couldn't get my head around it. Well, the first thing, uh, like, I wanted to say the very the, how I noticed it was this is funny. Not noticing a Tony at first, I actually noticed Jackson defending on an edge, and I was like, wait a second, there's a change. And then I was trying to say, oh, did Stimson go to lock? That was my next thing was that I saw Jackson standing on an edge, thinking, oh, we've just done a positional switch. With mm. our thirteen players, that's not fair. But yes, then seeing a Tony run, and I was like, "Oh, did he?" Then, then I had my second thought was, "Wait, she's Heverington off." Then Heverington taking the next hit up, and I was like, "Okay, so there's the change there." But I must say, I know doing a little bit of work. I've said this in the podcast before, doing stuff with North Sydney in the past, and the way they use they use the same stars the NRL putting the team sheet together. It is not a f- a fun job when you're being told to do it um, because you know. The coach likes to do a last-minute trick and, you know, switch some players around, and it does happen. However, um, there's either a communication breakdown between the guy who does the team sheet, which is not your coach, and who submits it to the NRL, 
and either Trent Barrett didn't tell him or <laughs> Trent Barrett told him and he's forgotten about it when he's put it on the sheet and submitted it. Yeah. Or Is that for- done by an app these days? Yeah, so it's done They've by an app. Clicked- so- they just have a switch the two players on the app. So you've got to put the team list on Tuesday, you're 21, and then you've got to cut it down to 19 on the app, and then on the final hour, mm-hmm. you've got your 19 players, and you've got to tell the two players who aren't playing, you can cut anyone off the list. Um, but switching players sometimes can be a little bit annoying, um, especially on game day, because sometimes they try to switch the jerseys, and you can't switch the jerseys, and then gives you all these warnings. Mm. So That's the program. Yes, yeah, so, yeah. so it can be annoying on the app. But once you fix it up, uh, once you have a few goes at it, I think late in this to the year, I don't know if the person's new it's at not, doing it. It's not an excusable excuse. Oh, no, no, no. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But or, I don't know if it's a communication breakdown between head coach and play it like the the the, mm. the football department's team list person and putting it in. I don't know if they spoke the day before and said, you know what, we're going to actually start Otoni. And then when uh, he's gone, hey, Trent, with the final... 17 yeah the same as i've spoken about and i've gone oh okay submit and then written the list up and gone here you go and then i've gone i oh, will just take the fine or hmm. if trent or someone's forgotten about the rules you know but yes i think that they deserve a fine because it's not that hard to get it right but it's a disappointing again that we speak about hmm. these issues in the past in the podcast with the the other fines of the covid breaches Anyway, let's move on. Um, player of the week, Scotty. Yeah, yeah um, you wanted to highlight a few players. So I'll let you highlight the few players. You know who we've picked. So you highlight a few players that you want to speak about first. That will uh, name the the points. Okay, so I wanted to highlight Ofiki Ogden in this game, and unfortunately for him, he's actually not in the seventeen for next week. And sometimes on the kiss of death, <laughs> or for this game. <laughs> um, but I thought he played really solid. I thought his runs were. Um, he ran with intent with the ball. He, you, the, he, I don't know. You could just hear the the oomph in the tackles, and I thought he really, like, yeah. you know, missed the top grade. Oh yeah, but I just mean like he made eleven runs for hundred eleven meters, like mm-hmm. uh, forty four post contact meters, twenty two tackles, couple of missed tackles in there. Um, a lot of the time bouncing off the tackle, but the tackle's been complete and he's done his part of the tackle. That's the most meters gained by a forward, and he started yeah. off the bench. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, I, it just kind of felt like those classic, you know, when you drop someone in reserves for a couple of weeks and they get their chance back mm. in top grade. It feels like a classic, you know, I don't want to be back there again, coach. Mm-hmm. Can you keep me in the 17 type of performance? And I thought he played really well. Um, and the next player I want to highlight is a player in his, in his second NRL game. Bailey Biondiodo? No. Falakiko Manu. Falakiko Manu. <laughs> Now, first of all, he put a shot on uh, J-Moz. Yeah, that was a hit. Now, first, you can hear your story in the like the story in the past and how he struggled and coming over here and living in his car and you know living in his own workplace. Mm. Now he's you know not even the top thirty. If you told him this week, uh, told him this uh, this you're gonna put a shot on Josh Morris. He's gone. Why is Josh in New South Cup? That's what he's gonna <laughs> ask you. <laughs> like, he really but, got under the skin of Jay Moss as well. You don't often see that too much from the, oh, I was going to say the Morris boys, but Josh Morris now. Um, <laughs> nothing really rattles him too much, um, but he was rattled. He wasn't happy with the attention from Manu, so good on Kiko Manu. Yeah, Kiko Manu, just, you know, he's that play, and then he also saved another try. Mm-hmm. He saved a try for sure. 
and the energy he gets up and he's shouting and he's screaming in a, in a positive way. And he's just got this ball of energy around him. Uh, he's succeeding this. What a story though. Like the story behind him is fantastic, but the excitement of playing top grade and, you know, putting a shot on Morris, causing him an error. And uh, he saved another try, you know, just those defensive plays in the, the in the red zone. He was, he stood up for it. Like, you know, you could almost forgive that if he was to be the one who cracked and made a defensive error. You yeah. know, he's the young guy. He's playing his second game. Well, I still game. think he needs to improve on his defense. He had some um, some clear mistakes against Manly. They went oh, down his course. side a couple of times against the Roosters too. So the one fault in his game at the moment is defense. But he's really young, uh, really inexperienced. Um, he's making some really good good efforts early on in his career. While you're highlighting him, I'm going to highlight Bailey. Beyond the Odo. And ask oh, a question. Yeah, absolutely. It's good to see him get out there in the first half, 34 minutes in his second game. But this might be a little bit outlandish. Is he the best hooker in the club? <laughs> it's hard to say. Um, 34 minutes, uh, three runs for 30 metres, seven post-contact metres, one tackle break, 28 tackles, two missed tackles. He's eligible for the under-20s um, in performing like that. And when he comes on, his service out of dummy half is brilliant, right to the chest of the um, right yeah. out in front, at the chest height to the, his four players. Um, I haven't seen him make a mistake out of dummy half. He's a half back. So for him to make that transition, um, he was playing half back at Jersey Fleet too. So yeah. for him to go from Jersey Fleet half back to hooker in first grade and not have an obvious mistake out there, um, really, really impressive. And when he comes on, it looks like um, he's the most um, likely to cause, a, to cause a spark out there to get the dogs onto a roll on. Mm. Uh, against Manly, it was the way... Uh, with Jeremy Marshall King replacing Jeremy Marshall King. This week he comes on and gets more game time replacing Katoa. Um, I was excited for him, his career as a halfback, but should I be excited as, for his career as a hooker? Early well, signs are really good. So, yeah, I want to answer your question. Is he the best hooker at the club? I mean, <laughs> I wanna, I'm going to go with no, but He's definitely the second best. There's a but. <laughs> no, no, he's definitely the second best because, you know what, when I saw the team list lineup, I thought, you know, Katoa's going to play, you know, 60 minutes and he'll play 20 or, yeah. you know, similar game time. Then seeing him in the first half on the field, I was like, interesting. Like, this is interesting. And seeing a pickup. I must say, Sione Katoa actually had a really good first half. He's very creative out there in the first half. And that's as good as I saw Sione Katoa for a long time, really yeah. backing his deceptive skills, which I was excited that he's been able to produce. If you want to see Sione Katoa at his best, look at Tonga. Yeah, a couple of years Tonga ago, that Tonga off-season. Wow. Yeah, which was exciting. And then also look at Sione Katoa in some of these preseason matches. I know it's not the same thing, but mm-hmm. there's some deceptive looks. Like he, he was the one who got Dylan Arpa to score a double and Aiden Tolman in a preseason last year. Mm-hmm. Going back last year, because he didn't look at the player who was passing the ball to, he had like look at the other one and just a strong look, and then players yeah. falling for that, and then boom, short ball, bang over, and just not even looking. So it was exciting to see him his best, but yeah, like is going back to Bailey, is he the best hooker? He's gonna, he's definitely um, going up the ranks really quickly, and you know. <laughs> I thought at one stage, I thought Bradley Dietz would have been this question. Is Bradley yeah. Dietz the best hooker? Look, Jeremy Marshall, I was just going to say, sorry, Scotty, Jeremy Marshall King's probably got more runs on the board, so he probably deserves that spot. But um, yep. the question was more food for thought and just to highlight how well Bailey's doing, uh, not to take away from anyone else. Oh. So um, really exciting signs. I, I can't wait to uh, 
he's probably not the best hooker in the, in the club, I feel that would be fair to say, but he's probably the most exciting hooker for me at the moment. If you if you told me that he's going to be the the plan for next year to be on the interchange bench for the whole year, as that's going to be yeah. how we're going to run, or that's how we're going to start as a full-strength side, and he's going to be on the interchange bench for Jerry Marshall King, who looks like he's going to be starting hooker, and he's going to be on the interchange bench, and he's going to play like 20 to 30 minutes a game at least. Mm. I'll tell you what, I'm excited. Absolutely. I'm excited for Bailey. So, yeah, so I like that question, and I thank you for just dropping it in on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, um, you got any more players you want to highlight before we get to the points? No, no, I think we did a good job with that one. (laughs) Alright, let's do it. So, getting two points from Scott and myself, and a bonus point. So straight up to five points, rocketing up the charts is Lachlan Lewis. Bonus points, they're important. I don't know if Luke... Sorry, I was going to say, I don't know if for those who listen regularly, Luke Thompson on the lead, and I know you'll go through the top... Five. Four or five, five, yep, in a second now. Um, but Luke Thompson's kind of sitting there going, huh, let's see how close I can get this before I have to put a, st- uh, you know, see if I have to put my foot down. Well, you brought him up, so I'll say Luke Thompson he gets one point for me just because he is the forward leader of the pack. I don't think you could deny that. Uh, Ogden uh, had a really good performance as well, as we highlighted earlier, but um, that pack only goes forward when the leader goes forward, and the leader is Luke Thompson almost solely by himself at the moment. So one point for Luke Thompson to me. I actually find it found it really difficult to um, get some points out this week because, of, uh, as we discussed just before we hit record, Scott, it was actually a real good team performance overall. Yeah. So yeah. normally we have uh, problems finding points for another reason, but uh, this week, <laughs> not so much. Uh, like Even Lachlan Lewis, we both gave him two points. Um, and when you look through the performance of the team, you say, yeah, he probably deserved it. We, we both did it. So we don't communicate beforehand before we reveal no. it to each other. So you probably say he definitely deserved it. And um, most casual fans will probably shout his praises after that game. But in reality, he had one good half. And that was enough to get the two points for the game. Mm, so that's yeah. how, that just highlights how much of a team performance it was. Anyway, Scotty, you had an extra, uh, another player for your one-pointer. Yeah, I had Nick Meany for my one-point. I thought, you know, he was very good under the uh, difficult conditions at uh, Bank West, and he also got a try in there as well. I thought he was uh, the most involved in a game since he actually signed with Melbourne. For a couple of weeks, I thought he's been, you know, since the Eels game. He had a poor one against the Eels, dropping balls, and that's unlike Nick. And then I kind of had the feeling that he was departed, and I was going, oh, don't tell me he's one of those guys who've, you know, signed off another club and just not deliberately but mentally clocked out for the year subconsciously yes subconsciously they're just you know you know ready for the next year but i thought you know back to his uh better performances uh this week in the team before and i found it difficult to give a point away as well and you know i watched nick a bit closely and you know thought he actually was pretty good and that's right that's why he um he ran on the angle and straight it up to go for a gap it was really yeah I well. tell you what, though, Corey Riddell, now you want that try up. Corey yep. Riddell's in a gaping hole and his 50th NRL match, thinking, mm. yeah, Nick's going to pop this up. <laughs> I'm just going to go sliding in. And how good is 50 NRL match? Nick just kept going. <laughs> Smart work by Nick Meadie, because it would have been a less experienced player would have just passed that ball. And then um, it would have been up to uh, Riddell to, or Riddell, or if it was a cut apple, to do the rest of the work. And if you make that decision too early, you give the defense enough time to perhaps react and hold you up. 
Yeah. So for him to hold the ball long enough to then see an opportunity to go himself, it's actually a, probably an underrated try. So really good try by Nick Meany. The top five players at the moment, well, hasn't really changed for a while and I'm struggling to see how it will change. But anyway, top five, a runaway leader at the moment is Luke Thompson. Um, if, if there was a um, gambling market on this, Luke Thompson would definitely be a dollar one cent. I actually think it might be closed. It might be closed, <laughs> absolutely. Because in second place, his closest rival is uh, the current New Zealand Warriors. We go Dallin Tilly Celestiak. What's he on? So Thompson's on twenty-three. Dallin is on thirteen. And Nick Meany is on 12. That's your top three. Closely being chased by Jake Avarillo, and Jer- uh, who's on eight points, and Jeremy Marshall-King, who's on seven. So if anyone's going to catch Luke Thompson, they're going to need a lot of bonus points. Well, Nick Nick Meany might be the man. And why we're talking... Yeah. Well, Nick Meany's real. Like, if we're being probably realistic, Nick Meany, constant in the team, is probably the only real chance to take on... Um, Luke Thompson, um, but I think he's still going to need some bonus points as well. So he's going to have to be good enough to impress both of us to mm. uh, keep going forward. While we uh, talk about Nick Meany, it looks like the Bulldogs have locked in their fullback for next season with uh, Matt Dufty signing. Yeah, hey. how do you feel about that? I told you a couple of weeks ago I wouldn't mind him Yeah. prior to the thing. And if I, I must bring a Manor off 360 hat for a second if I can be Paul Kent one more time. Is that all right? Go for it. Um or actually Cooper Krong actually. This is the way Cooper I was I was listening to Cooper Krong. I could listen to that guy all day if anyone's interested. Um <laughs> Krong was talking about Paul Vaughan in a segment uh in a show last week of NRL three sixty if anyone listened and basically said that he wouldn't know if you could trust him in a team to win premierships and premierships are built of trust and you know with the your players. And Paul Vaughan's definitely a good enough player. I know we're talking about Matt Dufty, by the way, um, type of thing. He can improve people. Now, linking that back to Matt Dufty. Matt Dufty, will he improve our side? And yes, we needed a fullback, I think. Like, I don't think Josh Adokar was going to... I don't think you'd be confident that Josh Adokar was going to really cement fullback or kill it at fullback. Corey Allen's had a shot, hasn't cemented fullback. Dufty's a great player. But the thing I worry about the most is the culture of the club. And um, we just, he Dufty's, legged it. Hold on, sorry. Dufty's a good player. Yeah. Great gets thrown around too much, mate. <laughs> okay. No, but if just you're great, like, you're in the Hall of Fame. He's a good okay, player. Yeah. Okay, fine. We'll go with, okay, that's, <laughs> if we're going to use that standard, we'll go. Dufty's a good player, and especially in the attacking side of things. Yeah, there's probably some defensive reads you could get a bit better. But the thing what concerns me is when they had the party, and which has been admitted by Dragons players, apparently he was at the front house, front of the house, with a drink, sees the police turn up and legs at 5Ks. Goes for a sprint. Good sprint training, might have to have a day or two off. But that's, you yeah, know... Yeah, apparently he was on the phone and he quickly finished the phone call and ran. Or was that yeah. Corey Norman? There was a few that sprinted away. But, well, Corey um, Norman jumped over the fence. Once you, get, Allen... once you get seen by the police, it doesn't matter how far you're running, they're going to meet you at your house. Jack DeBellin's gone underneath the bed, right? They were the big interesting choice four, for him. Three or four, yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay, three or four, like main ones, right? Like they all made a mistake, um, and they've apparently no one's been at the party, but we're not talking about like as in the thing as the thing, but at least they're in like a bubble, right? Yeah. So the the element of risk is thing, but when you make a mistake, there's always two signs of 
someone who's made a mistake. Like, you put your hand up and say, you know what, this was probably dumb. So him running shows that he knows he made a mistake, but I'm not willing to be caught for it. So to me, when they were talking about attitude problems at mm. the Dragons and how he was already cut early, it goes to show there's something about him that Anthony Griffin doesn't like. And there was something about Paul McGregor didn't like about him too. Remember he was in and out of the side one year, like a yo-yo? Yeah, well, look, the knock in the media and out there is that, what's the nice way to say it? <laughs> Matt Dufty is, um, this is not me, this is what's out there. Yeah, the yeah. knock is that Matt Dufty is a bit of a, a wank or a bit of a dick. Yeah. And players don't get along with him. That's the knock. And McGregor didn't get along with him. And it looks like Griffin doesn't get along with him. Um, and he was on the way out of the Dragons even before that party barbecue. Oh yeah, that was that's what situation that you ago. brought up. But was... I know I'm a bit twisted on it because I'd like the fact that we signed someone with his talent. Yeah, that's what uh, was... I'm worried that um, that if those reputation things are true, that it's going to be a bad signing for culture. Uh, hopefully they're not true. But we said this about Adakar as well, being in Sydney. We had some. Concerns about a car coming to Sydney, so hopefully they can both come in and um, prove everyone wrong in those regards. Well, what and, sorry, what I like about this deal is twelve months. So if he well, comes that's, in, and... that's the next week he's going to bring up. I'm confused oh. by that. Okay, go. Okay, fullback, spine player, one of the key positions on the field each and every week. We've signed a player for twelve months, so that tells. So is he going to be our fullback next year? Is he our backup fullback next year? If he is our number one fullback next year and he's part of our spine players, one of our key players, and he does poorly, um, well, and they turn around and say, well, that's the reason why we gave him 12 months. Why are we planning to have a poor 12 months? And if he does well, we've only given him 12 months, so we're going to have 14, 13 other teams come and try to take him off, take him off our hands after like four games. I just don't understand one year. If you got to go for him, you got to go all in two and say he's years. our man two years. Unless if he's a backup, and if Ooh. he's only there as a backup fullback because we need or a winner. Well, if let me finish. If he's only there as a backup fullback or a backup player, then well, one who's going to be a fullback? It's a Corey Allen, a Josh Adekar, is a Brent Layden. Who knows? Is it Matt okay, Burnham? <laughs> Jack Avarillo. Uh, Jake Avarillo. Um Yeah, I'm, I'm confused by it, the, the length of length of deal. So mm, but another thing that goes to ask is that are we the only one who offered him a contract? Because surely if you got two years somewhere else for your own security and job security that you'll take yeah. the two years and you know go there. But so that's another thing is well, I hope he I hope he comes in, takes it with two hands, kills it, and then we're able to re-sign him, and he becomes one of the greatest dogs fullbacks of all time. Yeah, um, like a Luke he's Patton, definitely, maybe. He's definitely got the attributes to oh. to succeed in the uh, game, even before the rule changes, but particularly now with the way the game's played, um, we've seen I've seen some um, possible back fives going around for next year on social media, with Dufty at fullback, Adekar in the wing, of uh, Kotrick at the centres of Avarillo and uh, Naden or uh, Corey Allen and Naden, uh, really exciting. So, and some speed there too, which we haven't really had in a Absolutely. while. Absolutely. Hopefully, we get some forwards, as I've been saying all year, some front rowers, to make sure we dominate the ruck so the backs can actually play. Um, well, still on Dragon, Scotty. 
the dogs have been linked to Paul Vaughan now. I think you've actually bring that up because it's something I don't like overly doing as much as talking about rumors as such. In the sense of like, it's not official, it's not locked in stone, so make it clear it's a rumor. But I was actually going to bring that up because I thought if we talk about Dufty, we've got to talk about the next man who's actually been you know linked to us is Paul Vaughan. See, he's twelve month. If he gets a twelve month contract, it makes more sense. First of all, he's been stupid for a long time. Um, yeah. Especially over this COVID period, and I saw his NRL three sixty apology. It was crap. It was not. He got asked some tough questions, and he tried to deflect it by, "I'm remorseful. I'm sorry." Yeah. And he, when he was asking what what went through his mind, he tried to switch it back to, "I'm very sorry." That this happened and I didn't well, mean I, to. I felt bad for him. He was genuinely upset. Um, oh, you did. He was upset that he just lost his contract and he can't pay his mortgage or upset because he did the wrong thing. That's debatable. I when I was watching that, and I don't mean this in the wrong way, but I'm pretty I'm pretty certain Paul Vaughan will never hear this. But um, I didn't think that it was a Paul apology. I just thought that it was coming from a very unintelligent person, and he didn't know how to express himself. The way he wanted to. That's that's how it, way it came across to me. Um, and given his actions, organizing the barbecue this year, going out to a cafe in the middle of a level four year. lockdown last year, it doesn't sound like the actions of somebody that you would label intelligent um, at all, really. So um, especially in the position that he's in. So I, I, I felt bad for him. I empathized with him. I related to him in a way. Uh, you don't want to see someone crumble on live TV like that. It was really sad. Um, but I just thought he couldn't express himself the way that he wanted to. Okay, fair enough. I just I didn't I didn't like it. I think, and I'm a massive no. Like, if I had the choice, like we're talking about culture, like at least Dufty is 25, right? This might be the wake up call he needs. Like, you know what I mean? Going shifted clubs. You know, being told that you know the the club you've played for, the club you've gone through the ranks through of now saying no because of this, he's got enough time to turn it around, Matt Dufty. He's got enough time to flick it on and say, do you know what? I'm now turning, you know, 26 next year. It's now or never if I'm going to be an NRL player. This is Paul Vaughan's 30, and he's still making mistakes that a 19-year-old. We had play, players apparently were invited to this party, like Cody Ramsey was meant to be invited. He's meant to be, what, 19, 20. Decided, hey, that's not a good idea. I'm not going to go. Mm. And they didn't invite like origin players, but you know, like some of these younger players, there was a couple and a couple of the young twins as well were invited, very young. Yeah. Darn, this is not a good idea. We should stay home, you know, doing the right thing. Paul Vaughn's 30 and being yeah. told, don't do this, you can't do it. And then he's got the intelligence of almost a five year old saying, oh, let's do it yeah. anyway. It's not fun in games. So even at 30, not figuring this out, like Dafty can switch it around. He's got the chance to switch it around. I don't know if he will switch it around. Paul Vaughn. Paul Vaughan, oh, I hope so, because he's coming to the club. <laughs> Paul Vaughan is 30 years old. Yeah. Is, I, I if he's not switching be, around... I don't think it would be a smart buy. It no, won't be, be great for culture, and I think that's the biggest thing that we need to change at the moment, the hard-working culture. Um, there's a few players that are leaving the Bulldogs this year because Trent Barrett doesn't like what they bring in that aspect. I don't think buying Paul Vaughan is a step in the right direction. I mean, we, I wouldn't mind his attributes, though. Just his attributes of a player is good. But that's about it. It's the uh, first, first prop we've been linked to, and I'm against it, mate. Yeah. Asking for props all year. Here we get linked to one, and I'm like, nah. No. So um, <laughs> I agree. So it's a uh, red cross from both. Yeah. We'll move on to some uh, s- sad news. We spoke about earlier in the uh, 
the podcast at the intro. Uh, the, the teams of all the Sydney-based, or all the New South-based teams, including the Raiders, have been shipped up to uh, Queensland, and they've all been put in hubs, either in Brisbane, Sunshine Coast, or the Gold Coast, where we currently sit. Um, so the Warriors game, round 22, the Bulldogs versus Warriors, which was actually scheduled to be played at Mount Smart as the return to Auckland, the Warriors' first home game in, what, two years? Yeah, is now being off the off the table because the next month, and we're being around eighteen, has to be played. Well, will be played in southeast Queen in southeast Queensland or North Queensland and Melbourne for the Cowboys and Storm home matches. But for majority of the competition, we played southeast Queensland, so that means the round twenty two Bulldogs and Warriors game will now be played somewhere in Queensland. So very disappointed. Well, I was actually quite excited that will the club. In a way, I was a bit upset that we couldn't go to the game because it was going to be a Gosford originally scheduled at Gosford, but I was excited that we we're going to be the club, you know, to have that day where there's going to be thirty thousand Warriors fans at Mount Smart, jam packed. Yeah, look, apparently sort of it was um, almost sold out as well. And it would have been Rogers with us a Sheck's farewell. There's just the whole emotion in the game. I mean, it gives us a chance to win now, probably. You know, <laughs> you know, when you have those events where, um, you know, just all against, like, the Bulldogs, you know, that day. I mean, it gives us a chance to win, but just to be a part of that, like, for the players' point of view, uh, as a fan, watching it on TV, seeing 30,000 people and being, like, the club that got to be the first team to play back there would have been awesome. Warriors and Bulldogs. That'd be, like, a trivia question after the COVID pandemic. Mm-hmm. Who was the first team to return? Like, who was the first NRL team to be, like, back at New Zealand? Bulldogs. And, unfortunately, I mean, it could still happen next year, hopefully. Knock on wood. Uh, they deserve a rep. They deserve every team to take an away game to New Zealand. That's as if the clubs can't do that, they got rocks in their head. So that's a sad, a sad news story. But it's the way it is, the way the world's going right now. And also the Bulldogs and Rabbitohs game, which we'll talk about very soon, uh, mm-hmm. is going to be played at Seabus Super Stadium in the Gold Coast. Yeah, which, one of four well, games. Yeah. Well, the Origin. Yeah, we'll be. Uh, <laughs> If you include that, it's one of five games coming yeah. up. Origin tomorrow night, 27,000 people, 27,000 fans expected for that one. Maybe a bit less at South West Bulldogs on the Gold Coast, but um, hey, hopefully uh, some crowd comes in and makes it a, a fairly decent atmosphere. Uh, and who knows? Think... It's an interesting – I've had an interesting thought. Um, a lot of teams – we're probably out of this sort of conversation, but this could make or break a few seasons. So um, – going up in the hub and all that sort of stuff. Some teams will react positively to it. Uh, yeah. You might see some teams shoot up from about 12th, 11th straight into 7th, I imagine. Uh, and some other teams that um, might be around even the 5th the or the 6th spot might crumble completely and yes. fall out. Um, so, yeah, uh, could be it's almost a new start. Um, hopefully, dogs get a uh, change of luck, but I do think we've lost something ridiculous in Queensland. Haven't we lost something like our last eight games in Queensland? Yeah, I've read something like that. It was so good, but I was actually thinking if the crowds are allowed this <laughs> week in the NRL, which hopefully their common sense prevails, if they're allowed on Origin Night, surely they can be allowed. Uh, something to do with... Because um, the Origin teams have been out of Sydney for the last week. Uh, so they've been away from the worsening situation in Sydney. So that's why that game could go. Hey, cool. Just, 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 just while two or three rows back. Two yeah, or three rows back. Just put it up. Fence yeah. it off like they did last year at a stage where the players couldn't go to the crowd. 
Well, in, in the LRL's announcement today about the changes of values, they did make mention of um, having double headers and um, crowds coming in. So maybe it has been approved without an actual announcement. Yeah, so hopefully. But, like, you know, we could actually see 10,000 people there. Souths have got a good supporter base. Bulls have got a decent supporter base in southeast Queensland. And sorry, mate. Andrew Abdu today said two double headers across the weekend is an exciting outcome for our fans in Queensland. Gives them the opportunity to see four teams at one venue in one day. So that sounds like that fans will be allowed in, but yeah. that has been hasn't been an announcement. But yeah, we could have ten thousand on Sunday night. Good, yeah, two good so. supporter bases. Like you know, you've seen Rabbitohs and Bulldogs play up there at the Gold Coast and really pack up their way base. Yeah, absolutely. But Sunday night. Um, work on Monday morning. A lot of people that go to the games on the Gold Coast come from surrounding areas in the south uh, east. So we'll yeah. see. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. We're a standalone game as well, not a double header. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. But well, hopefully we get a, you know, 5,000, 6,000 people would be enough to make an atmosphere. We've seen yeah. that when um, the crowds were slowly allowed back into the venues last year. Mm, one of the loudest crowds I've actually been to while we're talking about that was actually Bulldogs in the South last year when the first game were allowed back in. At Bank West, and it was only what three and a half thousand, yeah. something like that, something low crowd. But just hearing the noise again, I don't know if it's because we haven't heard the noise in a while, or everyone's just in, excited to be back. But yeah, that was one of the uh, one of the good games to be back at. Um, why don't we run through the team list? Because there is um, a change in the team list, at least that I'm not I'm aware of on the top of my head. <laughs> no worries. Um, throwing it to me without me being ready. Uh, ready now, so let's go. At fullback, it's Nick Mealy on the wings, Corey Allen, and fellow kicker Manu retains his spot. Centres, um, reportedly St. Helens bound, Will Hopalati and Aaron Shop. In the centres, Lachlan Lewis keeps his spot. In the halves. In the halves. Um, <laughs> sorry, and wearing jersey number six for you, Scott. So six is Lewis. Let's see how it goes this weekend. Avarillo again in the halfback role. Heverington and Thompson up front. Katoa is the hooker. Uh, Waddell and Jackson in the second row. Tony's at lock. Uh, and on the bench, Beyond the Odo keeps his spot. Napa. Cinematic Fungi comes back from his suspension. Joe Stimson leads in Jersey 17. And the reserves for this one are Kyle Flanagan, Offahiki Ogden, Matt Dury, and Jaden Ockenbar. Yeah. Some rumors that Ockenbar will go straight into the team as well. So keep an eye out for that one. I'm not sure if. I don't know if that will happen, but there has been some talk about that. Um, out in the world. Uh, do you know what? Manu has been playing good on the wing. Oh, he's played one game on the wing, to be fair, but he played good on, he played good on the wing and he did well. I reckon hold the spot. Nothing against Doc and Ward because we made the mistake last year saying when he had that big suspension, he won't come back. And if he did, he won't play that well. And he played really well, Jaden Doc and Ball. He came in and played really well. I mean, I think it's unlucky for Jaden because, you know, you'd probably think if New South Cubs going this weekend, Throw him at the mound. He's given him a proper, like, you know, 80 minutes performance. See how he goes. If he goes really well, there's a spot in the wing open for you. But I don't know. I feel like, you know, a knee injury like that, you either come off the interchange bench and play limited minutes and how long he's been out for. He's been out for a long time. Or, you know, like I said, back to New South Cup and play game time in New South Cup. And we've seen people come back in New South Cup and only play like 60 or 70 minutes and given an early mark from that. So I can't, surely, surely not, we're not going to chuck him on the wing straight out. Surely he's going to be, I don't know, even if it's on the bench for a game or something, or hopefully New South Cup season can come back. Who knows what's going to happen with that? They might just go straight to finals. 
the way the Sydney lockdown's going, but surely he has to have a run in reserve or a limited run. So what do you think? Do you reckon he'll come straight back in? Would you? Would you? No, no, don't think. Would you? <laughs> nah, put Ockenbore straight in. I, I wouldn't like to stay with Manu, um, but it wouldn't surprise me if they did. After last year, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I would personally stick with Manu, but that's just me. Uh, Rabbitohs, a lot of players in Origin uh, this week. Got an extra couple of reserves because of that. Hopefully, a few players pull out, give us an opportunity. Yeah, that's why I was actually going to ask. I actually put it on my list. Will the Origin players back up? Like, I mean, obviously, you've got to depend on. Well, they happens. got the longest wait time, don't they? So Wednesday to Sunday night. So sometimes it can be hard. The four days they say sometimes it's better to yep. play the day or two days after, while your body's still like in that part where it hasn't had a chance to recover properly and then putting itself down there. But in saying that, they don't have to travel. They're playing right there. Yeah, It's not like they have to come back to Sydney and play this game. Yeah. You know what I mean? With a flight impacting. And it's only one day less playing of playing on a Sunday than playing on a Friday. So. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. Uh, I've backed up pretty – They've most of them have backed up. I think Damien Cook missed one after an origin, but uh, Latrell Mitchell – has mm. backed up after. I don't know if that means Latrell misses this one, if it was like a and Damien Cook plays this one, if you know, for their sake, there's no injuries or suspensions after Origin if they yeah. go through uh thing. But like I said, they don't have to travel anywhere now. They can go straight into recovery, no flights down to Sydney and being there the next, you know, afternoon or whatever, Thursday afternoon or late morning to start recovery. It's Thursday morning recovery. Yeah. I think so, the most important thing with this game, Scott, is that the Bulldogs back it up. Yeah. Back up the effort from and last week. Um, and that's and the challenge I want to give to Lachlan Lewis as well. Like, we've seen Lachlan Lewis have those one-off really really good games. Like I think we look back at the Warriors game in his first season on his birthday when he kicked the field goal to win it and a try. That was a really good game from him. And he's had moments or patches of things. And it's been like, it's almost like his career, Lachlan Lewis, is the Bulldogs season. We've seen <laughs> patches of really good stuff. And that's why I think people get excited around him, Lachlan Lewis. Mm. But for the team and him, it's almost a challenge. We play like we play that well. We play that tough. We, you know, we do against the Roosters. We give ourselves a chance, and I, I wouldn't mind losing like twenty-eight, sixteen, or thirty to twelve with a strong effort, and you know, in there. But yeah, that's a challenge for the team and Lachlan Lewis. You know, back it up. You've played well. Absolutely. Back it up and just improve. Like we just got to improve a little bit, see some improvement. But you know, back it up, and that's why I would also like to give Manu another shot. Give him a roar. He played well. He gave Morris a pretty quiet night, and I'm sure uh, J-Moss would have fought, you know, against a young side with Aaron Shop and Manu on that side. He might have been licking his lips, thinking, you know, the old uh, Del Chook <laughs> might actually, you know, ruffle them up a little bit. But no, I think they both ruffled yeah. him. So give him a run, you know. If Latrell or, doesn't play, you don't know. That's it. All right, before we get on to... Have we got an old dog this week? I do have an old dog. There we go. Before we get on to that, one last discussion piece. Ooh, I love these discussions. I love it on the run. No, no, this is not one of my special discussion pieces. Uh, But um, we need to get back doing that. That was was good for those couple of weeks. (laughs) Could be some good off-season content too. There we go. Um, Tavita Pegai Jr. has also been linked to the Bulldogs. How are we feeling about that? I'm not overly excited by it, but I'll tell you what. Again, we go to culture, that sort of thing. Um, he's a good player, though. He's uh, not consistent. He spends yeah. a lot of time on the uh, sideline for his suspensions. We've already got a player like that, um, yes. which is what I'm thinking. So one's enough. Um, 
Although, if we do sign him, I think the best place to play him will be prop. Yeah, that's another prop. I actually kind of forgot about that one. Keep him in the middle of the field. Um, use that big body um, to get some good go forward and play off the back of it if we were to sign him. Yeah, like that. that's the playing ability. If you ha- his playing ability is best, you go no doubt. You yeah, know. I, I think he's actually a better second rower than a prop. But I wanted to play prop to get him out of trouble. <laughs> yeah, he's a bit quiet. I had that running with Luke Thompson. Yeah. <laughs> so it'd be interesting if they partnered up and well, mm. you know, and that's but I know that would be obviously put put to a side. That just I, I could just I could just see it now, Scotty. Round three next year, we've got Heverington and Pengai Junior, full six week suspension. Yeah. <laughs> and you got and then you probably knowing our life, Thompson probably have like some sort of hamstring or something complaint and we're starting with, you know, a couple of reserve graders lining up at prop. All the right, playing let's... ability, oh, just to go with your thing to Pengar Jr., the playing ability hands down, you take him. But then there's another reason the Broncos are releasing him, and there's a reason why the Broncos decide to release him through and announce it through a game. I know this is before Ben Eichen. I know, I feel like the Broncos have got a before Ben Eichen and after Ben Eichen thing after one game, by the way. But I know it was before Ben Eichen and stuff like that, and he even said that was wrong. That should have been done in a much professional way. <sighs> There's a reason he's being let go. Like his talent is really good, but obviously the Broncos say his his attitude outweighs the talent in a bad way. Maybe a move to Sydney would be a good thing away from his comfort zone, and you know this is your last chance. I wouldn't be signing him on mega a mega deal. It'd be one or two years, you know, maybe a two year deal with the club, a one year deal with a club option of the second year. So that means he's got to commit and perform. But yeah, like you said. The sideline, you know, him and Heverington could become the best mates after spending so many weeks together on the sideline. All right, let's hit Old Dog. Okay, Old Dog, you're not going to guess him this week. Um, you know, actually, what have I actually done this year, I think? I picked him because I was going for a moment against Souths. Oh, no, have we doubled up on an Old Dog? I think we may have. I think we actually might have, actually. And I've just only realised this now. All righty, abort, abort, abort. Hit the social, Scotty, and that's us done for the week. Yeah, so our Twitter is at NRL Bulldogs fans. Our Instagram is at NRL Bulldogs underscore fans. Our Facebook's NRL Bulldogs fans podcast. And we have an email. It's NRL Bulldogs.fans at gmail.com. See you next week. Bye.